0: Hello, hey, Marcos. Ray.
1: What's up, brother? How are you, man? How's everything? I'm good, man. Hanging in there, man. Trying to, uh, I guess, uh, just stay positive, man, and just stay normal, you know. And uh, these are yeah. uh, tricky the times, man.
0: Yeah, no, no kidding, man. I feel the same way. It's uh,
1: definitely trying times, man. Hopefully, this turns around rather soon. I see. Uh, I mean, um, I guess it's a bright side. I mean, people are complaining about it, but it seems like some states are opening up, you know, which is which is a plus, you know. We gotta. I know people are concerned. You know, we want to stay safe. You want to, you know, be be healthy but you know we got to move forward you know what i'm saying we got to progress with life so that's the thing man
0: is that like i mean you know what are we going to do stay in our house
1: all day yeah
0: man, exactly you know yeah. like i mean at some point someone's going to have to be first and it's like if everyone's kind of practicing social distancing and you know we, we got to get the economy up and running no
1: that's it that's it we got to just like you said we got you know first you know i mean i'm i'm ready to go man like you know it yeah and I know you, brother. I know you, like you said, man. You know we talk all the time when I see you at boxing events, and uh, this is your thing, man. You know, there's no, bro, this no, this is your yeah. livelihood. You know what I'm saying?
0: Like, I was telling my girlfriend right a little while ago that, um, you know, before my last call is that, like, this is this is who we are. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, being around this business, calling fights, you know, seeing progression of people. I mean, that's that's what we do. I mean, we've been doing this for years, Absolutely. so it's like, you know when it's taken away from you i mean it's like the max that i like and i haven't gone even three weeks without an event for probably the past five or six years wow and it, and it's like it's like bro it's like you know this is you know we're just accustomed and my mind is trained to do it so hopefully we get back soon man because i i definitely miss it
1: i mean uh but let's you know let's uh i mean you've been kind of busy man you're a busy guy man i've seen your uh you know, you've been, uh, you had uh, Mikey Garcia, a very, very good uh interview, which I enjoyed, man, which a lot of, oh, of us thank enjoyed. Thank you, I brother. Very good interview. You had Keith Thurman last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith, yeah, yeah. Or Keith Thurman, Um,
0: we had, uh, yeah, Thurman on the week before, or no, no, Kovnatsky on the week before, uh, Keith Thurman on the week out, or the week before that one. Uh, we had Errol Spence, and then we started it off with Peter Quillen.
1: Yes, you've been busy, man. So, you know what I'm saying? I like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's great, man. I mean, you know, PBC came to me and they're like, "Hey, we got this idea." So, you know, we're running with it and
1: stuff, man. So,
0: it's been And that's uh, pretty much, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah. No, it's pretty much what I'm doing, man. Like, you know, uh, you know, I kind of uh, you know, I, you know, I uh, I live in New York, so that was like the worst state. So, um, you know, they kind of shut down my work, my yeah. job. So, I've been uh been at home. I'm actually in Chicago now with my girlfriend. Oh,
0: that's great, so, man.
1: Uh, yeah, man. No, so we're staying we're staying safe, but like I'm with you, man. I'm like, you know, I'm a guy like, you know, I I work, you know, I'm a, I work at Rockefeller, but, uh, besides that, you know, I do the boxing media. So I'm like you, man, like it's, it's weird. You know, I'm in New York city, you know, and, uh, in that area. So we get a lot of fights, you know, East coast, we get a Philly fights, we got New York city. Oh yeah. Five, uh, for, you know, that whole section, I'm always there, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's just weird. Not, you know, not being on the go. You know what I'm saying? Not,
0: You're telling you me know? brother. I mean, because the thing is, is, you know, with us is that like, you know, we plan months at a time. So Even if it's like a week that I'm all off or whatever, they're like, hey, Ray, they're like, you know, we got a press conference uh, like in Nashville to promote Caleb Plant and Fagan Boots. You know, like that's that's what they do. So like when a big event happens, typically, you know, to announce on sale ticket stuff, they'll send me out to do a press conference to host it. So I'll fly into Philadelphia the month before, you know, meet the local media, talk to, you know, people like you. You know, we'll do a press conference with the guys, have them face off if both guys are there. I mean, and then I'm back the next month, so it's like, you know, we really, um, you know, I'm
1: just so used to being on the go and stuff. No, no, I remember our last conversation, I don't remember if you called, we talked at the Cowan Nack- and uh, and yeah. you told me, man, you put like a red eye, you was in a red, it's like, you were on the go, man, you was like, I caught a red eye this morning <laughs> from Cali, and I'm yeah. out after this to go back to Brooklyn, to go back home, to go, to- yeah. like, like I said, it's probably even it crazier, you know, it's probably even crazier for you, that, because like I said, you're catching red eyes every morning, and going to Chicago and going past West Coast. So it's, I can imagine, man, it's, it's, it's definitely for you, it's very slow paced. Yeah,
0: brother. That. It's just like, you know, but my girlfriend's cooking me good food. So that's, you know, that's a plus.
1: So. No, that's good. Yeah. That's it, man. Same thing, <laughs> you bro. know, you know what I'm saying? That's what we can, I, I can't complain about that. I'm, I'm definitely staying healthy. It's definitely being full with that. My girlfriend's definitely cooking some good stuff. Oh, so great, I can't brother. complain about that. Um, Again, man. Thank you again, brother. I know you're yeah. busy with PBC, with all your stuff. I know you had a lot of press conferences this week, last week, and I really appreciate you. Uh, oh, definitely, done. man. No doubt. Absolutely. you know. I really appreciate that, man. um But let's just get started, man. um You know, uh, I don't know if guys know. I mean, who doesn't know Ray Flores, man? You're uh, you're the Ray Flores. Man. You're, uh, you're the announcer, man. You're PBC announcer. You know what I'm saying? When uh, people think of PBC announcing fights, even. Uh, just cars, you know, when, like, the you know, like, cars that are on Showtime and they kind of get refilmed for PBC. You're the one, you're the one calling mm-hmm. it, you know. Uh, talk to me a little about that, man. How did that start? Like, for guys that don't know the career, like, how did you get, well, you know, a little bit of everything. Why did you want to yeah, come on well, an announcer? How did you get PBC? Well, I mean, the, the, yeah,
0: you? I appreciate it, Marcos. And, you know, I, I enjoy seeing you at Fights and talking with you. I love your passion, your enthusiasm for the sport and your knowledge. Thank you. But, for, Thank but you, for me, like, I started off, you know, when I was in high school in East Chicago, Indiana, on a, the MMA route first. So it was the MMA okay. route is where I started because there was a guy by the name of Miguel Torres who was fighting MMA at the time, and he's fighting on the local circuit. Very talented. He would go on to become the WEC bantamweight champion in the world, the WEC, which was folded into the UFC, the lighter weight classes. So I started okay. off following him around and then went to college, started off doing an MMA boxing radio show. And it's like one guy calls you up to ring announce from an MMA standpoint. I did that for a few years. And then I started getting into boxing and it just kind of built from there. You know, did some stuff for um, Golden Boy Promotions for a few years. Did, you know, several Mayweather undercards. Did was ring announcing on FS1. Uh, also worked with Artie Palulo Banner Promotions. And he put me on ESPN Friday Night Fights. And that led to me doing my HBO debut with Provodnikov and Matisse back in May of 2015 in the midst okay. of all that stuff. I was doing local shows in Chicago for, for Bobby hits and Dominic Pozzoli, two outstanding promoters. But it, with all of that, I met Tom Brown and Tom Brown, who is the promoter for TGB promotions. Um, you know, his daughter, Brittany Goosen Brown handles, you know, a lot of the stuff as well. So what they, what I do for them is they ask me to come along and start ring announcing for them in, December of 2014 and that was on ESPN and stuff. So, and that was right before PBC started in March of 2015. So they, okay. they brought me back in June of 2015. Cause I didn't start off with PBC when they were born. I got in with PBC in June of 2015 doing press conferences for TGB promotions. So Tom Brown would have me front and center and I would do what I do that I've been doing for a while. And then with that, okay. I had the opportunity to ring announce on ESPN for PBC, NBC Sports Network. And then in those few years, I started transitioning more to doing play-by-play work for F- on FS1, doing the international call of the, you know, of the bigger Fox events, of the showtime events, and it just kind of built from there. And now I handle stuff for Showtime, the digital team. I work alongside Steve Farhood a lot, calling fights on our prelims on Showtime, on the social media pages, work for FS1, ring announcing, doing play-by-play, and I call all the major Fox in the pay-per-views that PBC has and also the Showtime events. So I'm very, very fortunate, man, to have made wow. the journey that I have experienced.
1: What a career, man. I mean, uh, that's, that's amazing, man. That's, I, uh, I didn't know all that. Um, pretty much uh, what I wanted to ask, um, what was uh, – like what was your uh, like you you say Ruslan was your first, was your first fight you? My caught, HBO right? boxing
0: debut was Ruslan Provodnikov and Lucas Matisse. It was in April of 2015, and that fight was special because
1: yeah. Talk to me about that event. You know, talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how did uh, like how did you feel? I know you probably was nervous, oh, right? Oh man, you probably was sweaty as hell. So you know? I have a lot of love for
0: for the guys at Banner Promotions: Artie Palulo, Matt Rowland. Uh, Mark Abrams, a lot of those guys, they have really, they were one of the first major promotions that I worked with. And and I started doing ESPN Friday Night Fights for them in January of 2013, I believe. And I worked with them for several years, for about three or four years. And, you know, I was doing ESPN Friday Night Fights for them for several years. Then... The opportunity came about where HBO was doing a split site doubleheader, if you remember. And the first yep, fight yep. was Terrence Crawford and Tomas Delorme in Dallas. The second fight okay. was going to be Rusan Provodnikov and Lucas Matisse. So they called me up, and I thought I was going to be doing undercards all along because I thought Buffer is going to be in upstate New York in Verona doing the Matisse Provodnikov fight. But I was still happy to do undercards working under Michael Buffer, you know, kind of learning Absolutely. the ropes. And not, not learning the ropes, but, you know, being exposed to a show of that magnitude. They called me up, and they go, Ray, they go, you're going to be – you're ring announcing the main event. I go, what are you talking about? They go, Buffer's going to be down in Dallas with Terrence Crawford and top-ranking Bob Arum. You're going to be the ring announcer for our fight. And I go – So they just, so just threw you in the sir, fire. They just threw you no, in No, I was ready for it, and, and I've always been clamoring okay. for opportunities like that. And, um, you know, so it was like, it was such an honor for me and it's like, okay, here you go. Here's the biggest event of your life. So okay. that was in, you know, it was unbelievable to be able to get the, the toss from Jim Lampley. Jim Lampley to me is the greatest play-by-play man that boxing has ever seen. I think he is so eloquent and passionate with his delivery of the sport I think what he did at HBO for 20 to 30 years was spectacular. As I mean, it was yeah, just, he yeah. was so good. And the level of production on those shows was on, it was just a, an impeccable level. And to be able to work on HBO, because I remember being a kid watching HBO championship boxing and HBO pay per view events and being with my buddies. Yep. And for me, it meant here I am getting in the center of the ring, 4,000 people, sold out crowd, one of the bloodiest fights that the past five years in boxing, and to be able to get the toss from Jim Lample. He meant everything to me. So I was very, very fortunate. Also getting, the you know, from a career standpoint, uh, you know, to me that my highlight was doing the uh, the Mayweather McGregor tour. I was on that whole, um, you know, four tour, you know, leg and everything
1: else. So I've been very fortunate in my career. Gotcha, man. Um but uh how was the uh did you um just got to just bust the chops a little bit like did you uh you know your first night you know calling Ruslan Proknovov did you like screw with that name oh. or Did you uh just get a little nervous The thing know? was
0: bro is that on um, that one they asked me if I could come out on on a Tuesday or Wednesday and the fight was Saturday so I've known Ruslan for for a while for a few years he used yeah. to come around when we were doing ESPN Friday night fights so it was, you yep. know, making sure my pronunciations were correct and everything else. So it wasn't, you know, it was challenging. But, you know, I was able to, you know, get through it and stuff. But, I mean, just oh. that kind of energy, that kind of crowd, those fighters, Provodnikov Matisse. I mean, it was unbelievable to stand in the middle of that ring with them.
1: No, I was actually at that fight, too, as in the crowd. Uh, I was actually with uh, a couple guys big. I was actually with a couple dudes out there. So I went up there. I was actually uh, in that fight. So I, it's an, uh, just, to, just to say that I was there for your – uh oh you. thank you of, brother that's like, crazy man it yeah it is pretty crazy just knowing like yeah like like you said like, you know we uh you know we have a cool relationship you know what i'm saying we know vic we know a lot of guys uh and just to see your career go from hbo to like you know Fox, Fox pay-per-view it's, it's it's incredible man i'm definitely you know proud to say you're a friend you know not even a, college, no, you're a friend you know you're
0: very kind
1: man and i'm just, you know what i'm saying that's that's dope bro And um, but I, I didn't know that so you guys so you guys do practice you guys do practice like you know like the announcing beforehand? Like yeah, it's like it's no, I mean, fire. the thing is, is that, like,
0: I, it, it's, it, they're very different. Ring announcing, play-by-play play are very different, but you, you want to look over your notes. You want to make sure that you're going in totally prepared. And I don't like to memorize too much, but I like to be able to, I know at least, all right, what works, what doesn't work, and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, just certain, you know, terminology will go well. It just all depends, but I do like to go over my notes and kind of have an idea of, my pacing, my timing, everything else before I uh, hit the air.
1: Gotcha. Um, you mentioned the uh, McGregor um, yeah. Mayweather tour. How was that? Man? Like, uh, what was something that stood out for me? Obviously, you know, it's, it's one of the, the highest making pay-per-views revenue of all time. But uh, what's something that stood out to you about that? Like something you can never, I'll never
0: forget? I'll never forget the work ethic from both Mayweather and McGregor. These guys, I mean, that was a grueling. It was spectacular and it was unprecedented. But the work ethic from Mayweather and McGregor to go four cities in four days in four different parts of the world, back to back to back to back, and to have the kind yeah. of energy and to kind of have the uh, the you know the the charisma that they had at every stop was something that you have to sit back and say, wow, like these two guys brought in over 50,000 fans over the course of four days just to watch them talk to each other. And they knew that vocally and verbally, they had to entertain the crowd and they didn't like each other. But the fact that they worked so hard and every stop they did interviews on TV, they did print interviews. So not only were they doing what they did on stage, but they were... Yeah, you know, doing interviews with people like yourself, TV networks, it was unreal, and uh, it was you know that's something that I will take away is how hard both guys, even at the level that they were, work still, you know, even to this day. Gotcha.
1: That's then. That's pretty dope, man. I mean, I like I said, like you were able to experience that firsthand. Um, you, you didn't lose your voice, and like out of that four day uh, no voice. It, it, like, you know, your voice is so, like like I said, you know, you think of Fox, you think of, uh, you know, your voice is just so, like, you can't, you can't lose mm. your voice. But did your voice lose, like, did you ever lose your voice? Did you, you know, is it like a trick to that? So, you know Marcos, I'll
0: even tell you how even crazier that week was. So, we did, we started off in L.A. on Tuesday. We did L.A. Tuesday, okay. Toronto Wednesday, New York Thursday, London Friday. BBC still had a big Fox show on that Saturday in New York. So I was the ring announcer for Fox at the time, and I had to fly back with my boss, who is who passed away, Skip Davis, who was a very integral part to PBC and what we do. Um, but him and I flew back from London to New York, and I called the prelims of an of the FS one portion, then ring announced the main portion on Fox. So this Which was, part was that? Um, I know uh, who was it? Peter Quillin fought. Jay Leon Love. And, um, and then who else was on that card? Oh, man. Um, it was Marcus, 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 Mar- yeah, Marcus no, no. Brown yeah. defeated um, Shawnee Monahan on that card. So, okay. I mean, that's uh, Jamal James fought on, on that event as well. He looked impressive in a victory. So, I mean, and we, we, we did that on a Saturday. And then I wasn't even done off the road because we had a Tuesday night show on FS1 on the following tuesday so i literally went from new york to louisiana in called fights on a tuesday and then i was done so i i did six events in the course of a week's time so Sheesh.
1: you're busy wow that's uh that's crazy man that's like i said you know what i'm saying you're just like like uh just you know just imagining like you know you talk to me about all this One, you know you, you were from la to canada back to new london york, new york uh, London and then yeah, Louisiana. just six days. Yeah. Sheesh. You know what I'm saying? You didn't, and you didn't lose your voice. Nothing, no, man, it was crazy. a lot of water
0: and diet Coke, brother. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> that's the trick. That's, that, that, the, trick that's, that's diet Coke. the trick, man. I need my caffeine with my diet Coke and
1: I need my water for my hydration. I got you. No, that's, that's dope, man. Um, Also once to ask you, Ray, um, how does the, um for guys that don't know, I personally don't know. How does the play by play work? So, like for example, I know the one that stands out that people love to talk about. Well, uh, well, me, it's like the, uh, with the uh, the uh, fury, fury wilder, the yeah. first one, right? You play, you play that, you play by play that for uh, yeah, yeah. Months, right, I did
0: the play by play for that for the international audience. So, okay, so how does that like?
1: Were you yeah, there at no, the? No, no, that was actually at the there fight. At the fight?
0: Yeah, So what it is is I'm okay. on a different. Um, you know, I sit pretty much across in the opposite corner of where the, the main, the, the American television network is. So that fight was televised by Showtime pay-per-view. And then I called the fight for the rest of the world. So, you know, premier boxing champions or the promoter will sell the rights to the fights, to various networks all over the world. And then they pick it up gotcha. from an English standpoint. So, you know, I don't, I honestly don't know where my voice, you know, it's, it's just all over the place. I've had friends of mine that have called me, and said that they've seen me in Bangkok when I like they were watching a boxing event in, wow. in Bangkok. I was yeah. I have a friend in Australia who watches me or who listens to the calls that I do all the time. So it just you know you
1: never know where they're going to be showing the fights at all over the globe. Got you. Um, so I got to ask you, man, what's um play by play or or announcement? No, which is like your, I mean, obviously, what's your my number? To? My uh, number one your, man what's your, what's is
0: your... absolutely hands down is play by play because. Yeah, it oh, it really? is because okay. I, I grew up appreciating Michael Buffer, but I didn't necessarily okay. want to be Buffer. But for me, I grew up watching Jim Lampley and Steve Albert, and I wanted to be those guys because there is gotcha. something when, – when I talk about combat sports, to me it's beautiful violence because it is, yep. it is the truest form of sport – it is, you know, it, it's extremely brutal and physical, but I find beauty in it based on the fact that when fighters step in the ring or the cage, they leave a part of themselves in that ring or cage. They will never be the same human being as they step into the ring when they step out. So that's why. And then especially at the big fight level, it, it is just something yep. you've been to so many fights, Marcus. But there's something so electric, there is something just so glorious about the ring walks, about the fight itself, watching someone's life change before our very eyes over the course of 36 minutes and seeing the ups and downs and the different array of emotions and the victory and the defeat and what it does to a fighter physically, mentally, psychologically, spiritually – all things that I love to be able to call and dictate
1: and tell the audience. Wow, which uh, which uh, which which by, which fight was your favorite one? I guess to, to, to play by play that's out there. But with your, you know, which one do you recall? One. Your I mean,
0: I have. I've been very fortunate to do a lot of memorable fights, but the one right now that stands out is Wilder Fury number one. And the reason why okay. is because I, I, I don't think he's doing many events anymore. But, you know, the Colonel Bob Sheridan, who used to do, I mean, he did, you know, he's in the Inter- International Boxing Hall of Fame. He called over 900, yeah. you know, world championship fights. He would do fights on his own. And, and I started doing yep. fights on the international. I had a person. And then I've been doing it for several years by myself for the most part. And to be able... To, to do that fight, Wilder Fury won by myself, and then to have that fight then televised on regular ESPN and FS1 in the lead up to the second fight, which is with just my voice behind it, was like, man, like, and, and then, and then not only that, but for it to be at Staples Center in Los Angeles for the heavyweight championship of the world. The drama that was in that fight, the the personalities of Wilder and Fury, two polarizing personalities, two massive, you know, larger-than-life figures in boxing, to be calling that fight is the one that right now stands out to me. You know, Spence and Porter was great, calling Manny Pacquiao, Keith Thurman was electric, Uh, being in Dallas – for Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia, almost 50,000 people calling that pay-per-view. That was special. But Wilder Fury number one still is, got, is, is the one that I hold very near and dear to my heart. Uh, was that the only uh, – uh, was that the only – no, 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 no. I did the yourself? whole pay-per-view. So I forget what was on the pay-per-view, but I did the whole pay-per-view on my own. Wow. So you yeah, pretty much he, did like a Joey yo, Styles, absolutely. Joey absolutely. Styles? Yeah, he, w- definitely. He was excellent.
1: Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's pretty much just what you did that night. You did a Joey, and that's hard to do. People don't rec- People don't realize. Like you know, I, I that's a great. You know, I love that you brought that up. Obviously, you were there by yourself. You know, but people don't realize like Joey Styles. You know, I'm bringing yeah. up the legend Joey Styles because it's not easy to call. Like you know, you know, doing a, even a podcast. Like you know, I would love to go on, on. You know, by myself and talk boxing by myself, but it's not easy. By yourself, you need, you know, you know. When I think about doing a podcast, I I want a co-host because I want somebody to match my energy, to ask me questions, to do a whole pay-per-view by yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's it takes a lot. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of enthusiasm. Um, and like you said, I I thought you did the I I thought you only did the main event, but to do the whole pay-per-view, it's it's not easy. It's grueling,
0: but at the same time, it's a welcome challenge because you know you know that I mean, there's a possibility. And you know, this being at these pay per view events, that I could potentially call 36 rounds even before the main event, because a lot of times on these pay per view cards, they do a lot of world title fights, at least one or two. So I, yeah. could, I could be yep. calling, I could be on round 37 with the main event. Yep. Like I could do three 12 rounders, and that's over, that's, if you break that down mathematically, that goes about over three hours with ring locks and everything. You're looking at over three hours plus. And that's before the gotcha. you know, the pre-fight pageantry of the main event. So when I'm doing a pay-per-view, it's conceivable that I can be on the air for four hours minimum, sometimes upwards up to five. But, I mean, it's again, wow. it's, a, it's a love. It's a passion. I know the fighters. I study them. I talk with them. And it's like as long as you're prepared, you have nothing to worry about.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, Ray, um, what was the longest uh I guess you know you say you did pre- I mean you do prelims you do the main cards what was like the longest day ever like calling I, you know what was for announcing now I I do hard to be switching jumping around but I guess for announcing like what was your longest ring announcing? You the longest card you did Oh bro yeah um, probably
0: I've done a lot of long ones man I was able I did undercards of Canelo and Kirkland at Minute Maid Park in Houston the first fight was at 1145. Canelo didn't walk till nine o'clock, past nine o'clock. So I did fights from 1145 to
1: 1145
0: in the morning at Minute Maid Park to wow. about a little after eight o'clock. So, so there. Um, when Sheesh. I was in Dallas, I think we started around two o'clock. Uh, and I did, you know, the pay-per-view hit, I think pay-per-view started around like six or it was like seven. So I did from two to seven and then they had to walk up out afterwards. I mean, I can, there are many events that I've been there for six or seven hours plus.
1: Shit, man. That's, that's incredible, man. Uh, talk to me like, you know, you know, we got the last dance going on right now on TV. So, uh. Do you have a flu game? Do you have, like, a flu game announcing? Like, is there a day that you were out of the weather that you're like, you know, know, I just want to stay home. You know, I just – I don't feel – I feel like crap. Is there a flu game, Ray Flores? Oh, yeah. You know what? It's funny that you
0: bring that up because this was the day after the Cubs won the World Series, and I I hadn't even had alcohol during any of that. I'm not a Cub fan, but I, I got sick that night. And I, I became overwhelmed with the fever and the chills. And I was doing showbox for Artie Palullo and Ken, um, what is it? Ken Thompson, Thompson Boxing Promotions. Uh, Ken Thompson is the promoter. Alex over okay. the matchmaker. So I was, I literally was shaking. I had a fever and I, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I, I had to jump on a flight on that Thursday morning to get to Corona, California. Mm-hmm. So I flew into Ontario and I to connect and like, dude, I was just pounding Gatorade and, and water and just trying to, and, and when I got there, I did the weigh in. And then I literally went to the gas station, got like seven or eight different Gatorades and, you know, protein bars and stuff Jeez. and, you know, slept. I, I literally slept all that, that entire evening. And the banner guys are great to me. And, you know, they, they typically do a, you know, a staff dinner before, but, you know, I just had to sleep it off, and then I, I got better, you know, the next day and stuff. But, like, that that trip was very, very taxing on the body. And I was a, I was, a, I was able to fight. To I still stayed hydrated, love. and then it wasn't until I got back a few days later that I started feeling fully fine. But it was just uh, – my doctor said it was a virus that was going around, so – I still, damn, yeah, that, was still through, game, that was my flu game, man. I mean, I remember it vividly. I mean, it was—it's scary, bro. But at the same time, you know, I'm—I'm I'm of the mindset. You know, we talked about it before we hit the air, but you know, the show must go on. That's it.
1: No, I know that's your thing. That's your yeah. Mind. The show must go on, so, no matter what. Um, I mean, we, we brought up, you know, the last dance. might just, you know, you don't mind switch a little curve. Uh, you know, uh, you know how the guys are. Well, I know your tweets, man. I mean, I see your tweets. Yeah, I mean, you're you're Chicago native. Um. Silly question to ask, but you know how it is, man. LeBron oh, or, or Bro, uh, I mean, it's Jordan. not He's even close. Like,
0: don't even – he shouldn't even be mentioned in the same paragraph as Michael Jordan. I mean, to me, Kobe, you know, God rest his soul, was better, is better than LeBron. So I look at MJ number one, Kobe number two, LeBron number three. So that, to me, is, is how it should go. So I think the conversation needs to be shifted from LeBron to MJ, and it should be shifted to LeBron to Kobe, who is number two. Because Michael went 6-for-6 in the finals, and yeah, Pippen was there, but LeBron had to go elsewhere and join a team that wasn't even his to go ahead and win his first title and win his first few titles. So, I mean, history speaks for itself. It's it's not even a discussion for you. History speaks for itself. He went to Miami to join Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, who I think is vastly overrated um Gosh. and he had to join those guys it wasn't it wasn't like people were coming to him he had to go there and that was Dwayne yeah. Wade's team Dwayne Wade ran that thing and it was like Michael Jordan never left I mean he left the Bulls after the sixth title but I don't consider his time when the Wizards anything you know I don't even look at that as calling it a way past this yeah fight. he was past this but you know Michael's yeah. team was built yeah. from the you know Literally from the from the bottom up, exactly. From the and bottom up, the yeah. If it was, mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine if Michael would have gone to play with the Cleveland Cavaliers or the the Detroit Pistons? Like come no, on I hear you. like you know? So it should be yes. Kobe and LeBron, and the well, you- best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Yeah, that's right. God so <laughs> a for
1: a hard rappers. I love it. Um no, um, you know, but uh, no, Ray. I'm, you know, I'm from New York, so I'm a little biased, man. You know, uh, the Bulls beat us up, you know, beat up the Knicks a lot. You know what I'm saying? You, uh, you know, Jordan and the Bulls prevented uh, Patrick Ewing to, to win a chip. So you know, I'm a little, I guess, you know what I'm saying. It's not biased, but not a little either. hatred for for Jordan. You know, I, I do recognize his game, real recognize, real. But you know, he destroyed my Knicks so many times that I can't. That I think I just, I guess maybe because LeBron is, you know. How do I say? It? It's just more like because I just had so much yeah. hate for Jordan because what he did to my Knicks. I just gotta. I just you know what I'm saying. It's just like you know like boxing. You know it's like we pick and choose. I'm I do recognize Jordan's game. Like I'm saying, six out of six. I don't know yeah. if anybody will ever do that. You know this era. I don't see it. How you know how with this market. You know free agents and you know what I'm saying. The the cap and all that good stuff. I don't see. The, I don't see nobody winning six chips, going to six finals and winning six finals. That's all, like unbreakable yeah. to me. I mean, but. But, of course, you know, uh, it's meant you know, it to be broken eventually. But, for now, I don't see nobody touching that. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 31 years old, and i see seen LeBron get drafted. I mean, I'm a little – I'm a big LeBron guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, well, hey, LeBron, man, I mean, I I'm, mean, like I, I'm that to glad me, you man. brought we're up the cool. New York Knicks, man. Yeah. I mean,
0: look, they were a fun team to go up against. I mean, I hated them, but, I mean, you guys got us in 94 with that, you know – and would go on to, you know, play the Houston Rockets and stuff. I mean, they had battles. I mean, Charles Oakley was with you guys, John Starks and Mark Jackson for a while, Derek Anderson, uh, Anthony Mason. I mean, that was, man, that was a great, good group, man. I mean, tough dudes.
1: No, it was, man. And like, so like, you know, I, uh, I I always hate Jordan for that. You know what I'm saying? He prevented my, (laughs) pet, my Knicks to get a ring. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always going to hold that to that. But, uh, no, man, um, it's a fun, you know, it's fun, man. And you know, I hear you, though. It's, it's always fun. I love the back and forth, you know what I'm saying? But I love your tweets, man. I love uh, when, uh, when guys, you know, try to come at you. You don't even, like, you know, it's oh, Jordan, bro, no that, matter what. You know, it's not even, you can't even, to you, the way I see it. Man, yeah, that's that's exactly true. Jordan's, and the uh, ladies, thing is,
0: yeah. like, even, you know, from, um, from a global, you know, pop culture standpoint, when I wear Jordans, it's not necessarily for fashionists because that's who represented the city that I'm from. That, you know, so it's like, it's a, it's a very big, like he, Michael Jordan came to Chicago and he became Chicago. So when I was watching the Isaiah Thomas documentary and Isaiah's upset because Michael took Chicago away from Isaiah Thomas and it's like, well, you allowed that you could have embraced him. And, you know, he was a competitor. You guys were both competitors. Instead of downing him or trying to throw shade at him. I mean, Isaiah even to this day is throwing shade. So I mean, from a Jordan standpoint, I mean, yeah. it's not even
1: close. I hear you, brother. Um, is that a uh, is, is basketball your? when you're not watching, when not, obviously you're not, you know, you're, doing, you're not doing your play by play or announcements. Uh, no, so I'm a like big fashion, football
0: or? guy, man. I'm a diehard, as you know. I'm a diehard Chicago Bears fan. So I'm a, I'm a big NFL okay. guy. I mean, I I love you know watching you know, NFL football on Sundays. I'm, I like college football as well if I can, but typically we're doing fights on Saturdays. So I'm kind of, you know, unless yep, I get a weekend Saturday. off yep. here, weekend off there, but it's hard for me to follow. But Sundays, I always, um, along with getting to California to see my girlfriend, but it's, I like to fly back the first thing in the morning on Saturdays or on Sunday mornings so I can get home and be ready for NFL football. And NFL Red Zone has changed the way that we watch, you know, NFL. And, and I mean, I'm, if I can watch the Bears game yep. in full grade, if not, I have red zone here. and I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable to be able to have nine or 10 hours of NFL football every single Sunday. And hopefully this is the coronavirus is behind us. If we can enjoy it in September.
1: Now we need that, man. I mean, uh, you know, no, uh, no boxing, no, no baseball. You know, it's supposed to be baseball season right now. Uh, that's like our last hope, man. You know, like, you know, that's our last hope and uh, I'm with you, man. I, I mean, it looks like we might get it. You know, look, it it looks like it looks like we might get a football. Um, but like you said, man, we need it, man. We uh, we definitely need the uh, the excitement. You know what I'm saying? We need uh, we need something back in here. Uh, you think your Bears? Uh, you know what? It's, it's gonna, gonna be interesting to, interesting to see what happens in the quarterback position with Nick Foles
0: and Trubisky. I mean, you know, Nick. Uh, I mean, look, I, like that. I, uh, I like I, I like his the fact that he won a Super Bowl. I like. His maturity, I like his poise. When the Bears played the Eagles like a couple years ago in the first round of the playoffs, the double doink with Cody Parkey game, and I remember when Nick Foles was named the starter over Carson Wentz, who was injured, I said, man, I didn't like that because Foles is very comfortable, under pressure, and can handle a front line coming at him and make good decisions. And that's what happened. The Bears had issues getting timely throws. So, if Foles still has a lot left, and he beats out Trubisky for the number one starting position. I like those some of the weapons that we got. You know, we got some speedsters. So, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, look, anything can happen when, you're, when everyone's and O. And until I see it develop, I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Packers got any better. I think the Vikings did. I think the Lions are still a ways yep. away. I think the Bears team, if they're going to win, they need to win now. That defense is in its prime, so I'm excited, man.
1: Yeah, hopefully you make a run. I mean, I, I definitely uh,
0: – oh, my, uh, my
1: favorite running back is uh, Walter Payton, so uh, sweetness, man. So that's my favorite running back of all time. So, you know, I got love for the Bears, and my girlfriend's from here, Chicago, so I got love for the Bears, man. Uh, hopefully, man, you know, you, you guys make a run. Um, yeah. But to transition back to boxing, man, uh, who did you uh, – who who's your you know you know who's your guy growing yeah. up man like who do uh, you said, you mentioned HBO who was uh, your guy you No know, oh, my main man
0: was Chavez yourself. Sr. I mean I I remember I mean I'm 33 okay. so a couple years older than you but I remember when Chavez fought Hector Camacho okay. and I remember watching that pay-per-view and that at the time set the attendance record for the Thomas and Mack Center which was surpassed by his son when he fought Sergio Martinez in September of 2015 I yep. believe but Nonetheless, or September 2014, okay. but nonetheless is that it was, um, you know, going back and watching, you know, Chavez do what he did against Camacho, Maldrick Taylor. I remember when he fought Pernell Whitaker and was able to escape with, you know, a draw at the Alamo Dome. Uh, I, I recollect his first yeah, loss when he fought yep. Frankie Randall. When that was the first big boxing event that the MGM Grand yep. Garden had ever seen since it was newly opened. Um, you know, I grew up watching... You know the likes of uh, you know Azuma Nelson and you know Mike Tyson what uh, going on you know the, the De Jolla days with the guys that he was able to beat. I mean, I remember watching the fight with him and, and Felix Trinidad and you know so I, I was I was around and I've seen yes, some, yes. some great fighters, um, and I was at the tail end of, of Hagler and Hearns. I wasn't old enough to be able to remember that, but my dad's a big boxing fan, so he would order the pay-per-views and have them on tape. So I would put them in, you know, dur- so, so during my summer break, oh, I, was, had, I had a little okay. TV, probably a nine inch TV with uh with a VCR. I mean, I don't know if you know those small little TVs, you know, nice. yeah. yeah. yeah, No, yeah, So the, I, the I, I would put in the, you know, the Hagler and yeah. I'd put in, you know, Hagler and, and Leonard, I would put in, you know, the, uh, those great fights and Durand, I mean, all those Durand, guys, man, Durand, be like, able to immerse myself yeah. in, you know, the, um, the tradition of boxing. So I am a student of the game and, and can go back. And I mean, that's what I did on my summer vacation.
1: Got you, man. Um, you mentioned, you know, Chavez, you mentioned De La Hoya, you know, that was kind of our ever, you know, we're 31, 33. So we kind of the same, you know, we kind of grew up in that same generation seeing De La Hoya, seeing Chavez kind of late in his career, but, you know, same, same boat. Um, I like to ask the guys, man. Like, you know, me personally, I'm a – how I like to do, like, when boxing, I give a lot of credit for the guys that are fighting now because, like, you know, I'm really strong. Like, obviously, people love to go back in the 80s, the 70s, you know, the Ali's, the Herds, the Hagler's, you know, the, the Four Kings, Hagler, Hearns, Duran, and uh, Leonard. Um, I want to ask you, do you think, like, you know, I'm, I know I'm all over the place, but just for like with Oscar, Trinidad, especially those two, you think those two guys, Trinidad and Oscar, be um, the I think they some pass? of them,
0: yes. And I think some of them, no, because the athlete has gotten stronger. The athlete has gotten faster. The athlete uh, has. They, they just learn things quicker, in my opinion. But the, the, the ring IQ and the, you know, being savvy in the ring, knowing where you are in the ring. Those are all things that De La Jolla and Trinidad have down to a T. I mean, so it's like always, um, you know, the one thing that yep. – um, I forgot who it was who talked to – or it was Marquez. Uh, Juan Manuel Marquez mentioned that when, when you would fight somebody like a Manny Pacquiao, he is able to pivot and knows just by feel where he is in the ring. So that, to me, equates to those all-time yep. greats like De La Jolla, like Trinidad, Tour. Those guys were always so aware where they were in the ring, how much time is left in the round, uh, when to pour it on, when not to. All those things that younger fighters now, um, you know, I don't think have the – not not all of them, but a, a good amount of them don't have the ring IQ as those all-time greats, which is no knock on them. But that just – I mean, that just goes to show you how special yep. – likes of, like, Sugar Ray Leonard and De La Hoya and Trinidad were back in the day.
1: Gotcha. You. Are you a fan of, uh, you know, on Twitter, you know, the guy, you know, we talk a lot. Uh, are you a fan of, like, the fantasy matchups? You know, like, like you know, when they say, you know, uh, like an example, I'm just throwing it out there, like, uh, Oscar De La Hoya versus uh, <laughs> Crawford. Like, Are you a fan of that? Looked, like, I, I like,
0: like anything like that matches? will get people to talk about the sport that I love. But, I really cannot comment on it because it's like it, 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 two different eras. I mean, that that's, that's my thing is I love anything okay. that can have boxing being discussed in a positive light is great. But it, to me, it's like it's two different eras. Like when people would Gosh. say, well, you know, well, you know, how would, um, you know, Jerry Cooney hold up in today's heavyweight division? I don't like having those discussions because – Yep. It's just, it, it was, it was a different way of that. they These guys were brought up different trainers, different mindsets, you know, uh, the guys nowadays have a lot gr- better equipment, um, you know, recovery methods. Uh, they're better athletes just based genetically. So it, it's almost like to me, like it, it's so different when it comes to be able to go ahead and try to, you know, discuss, you know, who would win. I mean, it's unfair to both guys for me to even make an opinion on, but again, for fans, I'm all for it. Like, Hey, who do you believe will win it? That's, that's fine. But me, I stay away from those discussions as you see, because I cannot give a truly, a true educated guess. And I don't even want to attempt it because it's, I can fight for, I can find positives
1: and negatives on either side. I like that. I like that. I I didn't see it that way, but I definitely respect that take. Uh, Just to bring it here in the the present time, you know, you brought up guys that I like watching now. Uh, Look,
0: I I enjoy watching, uh, you know, Errol Spence. I I think he's uh, supremely talented. Uh, Watching his progression and and seeing what he's done from the 2012 Olympics to then, you know, going ahead and, and mowing down. I mean, I've watched Errol grow right before my very eyes. When he had his first primetime showing against Chris Algeria at Barclays Center in New York. And, and that was, a, no, it was a Saturday was that, night, on yeah, a skate, night but I right? remember, night? I was the ring announcer for that. that and I remember watching yeah. him, you know, really break down Algeria. I remember when he put away Leonard Bundu, and that was after the men's gold medal basketball game. It was, a, it was a Sunday. And uh, in that August. That was a Sunday, right? A and, Sunday? and he wiped out Bundu. Yeah, Over Brooklyn. 6 million people yeah, watched his performance. Um, you know, so I enjoy watching Errol Spence. Yep. I think uh, another guy who I enjoy watching is Teofimo Lopez. I think Teofimo is—he's a young kid. He's strong. Okay. He's hungry. Has a good amateur background. He's athletic. He's explosive. But he has a—he g- has good ring IQ, and he's able to, you know, put all that together. That's why I'm—I'm I'm really pumped about the fight with potentially with him and and Lomachenko. Uh, I Caleb plant David Benavides. I know they're both in the same division. Uh, they're both stylistically so vastly different. Yep. Uh, Caleb is really becoming a, a defensive wizard and, and has brilliant and has, I think one of the best jabs in boxing. Uh, David a very hard puncher, young guy comes forward, uh, has been, has sparred with the likes of Golovkin and all, you know, some very big names. So I, I like watching him fight. Um, you know, I know that he came up yep. short against, you know, Tyson Fury, but you know, I like watching Deontay Wilder fight. You know, anytime he's inside that ring, for better, for no better, force. for worse, yep. you're going to get something you unbelievable. Yep. You're going to get something that's going to make you go, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just saw that!" Like, oh, I, I mean, yep. I mean, it's, it's going to go goes either goes way. So I time time kind of yep. like that. I, I like the way Wilder's approaches in the sense that he's like, "Look, I'm either going to knock you out." Or you're going to knock me out. I, I mean, look, how many guys have had yep. that gambling mentality? Tiro Gatti had it from back in the day. And it's like, you know, I, I wonder to see how many guys nowadays are going to implore that philosophy uh, moving forward. That it's like, all right, look, I'm going to bring everything. And if you can answer back and, and, and put me away, so be it. But not many
1: guys are like that. Got you, man. Um, yeah, you no, know, you were uh, with PBC, man. I gotta put you in the spot, man. Uh, give me some insight, man. When well, is, look, uh, look, no, no, I mean, I, I, I look, I man. know you as know much all, as bro. you come do, on, but PBC. my
0: hope would be if both men yes. are able to get fights this year. Um, Spence has been ruled, I mean, from what okay. I've seen by the WBC, this is the WBC speaking, Danny Garcia is the number one contender to Spence's WBC title. Uh, Terrence Crawford, there was talk about him. I, I don't know who he's going to fight next. I know Kel Brooks' name has been floated around. If, if Spence and Crawford win at the end of this year, and then I think they'll have one more fight because Spence has mentioned, he goes, look, I want to unify. So Manny Pacquiao is out there. So if yep. Spence, who, if, he be, if he fights Garcia, and he goes ahead and will fight, you know, if he does that, and then, you know, he beats Garcia – And then Pacquiao, depending on who he fights, if they get together, Crawford will have another stay-busy fight. Then I could see Spence and Crawford happening, uh, assuming that everything is behind us. I can see them, you know, fighting hopefully, you know, fall to winter of next year. So, I mean, look, and and the reason why I say that is because PBC and and Fox and, you know, TGB Promotions and Top Rank and ESPN, Wilder Fury... Uh, number two, I think I told you um, when I was in New York, but the the promotion on both sides was so it it was brilliant. It was, uh, everyone respected each other. Everyone worked very hard. There was no beef. So for people to say, how's this going to work with top rank and PBC, everyone worked so well together. I have nothing but respect and and love for the top rank people and the SPN people. They showed me the same and respect and and Love and, and Brad Jacobs and, you know, working with Christina Poncho week and, you know, uh, you know, you know, they were fantastic to work with. And I, I really have, uh, you know, all those guys are just, you know, all stars. It was it was like an all star team of boxing promotions like you had, the, you know, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Coming together to put on this massive event that's the all star game, it was essentially Wilder Fury number two was the all star event for a boxing standpoint, both in the ring and outside the ring behind the scenes.
1: It was like a big family, man. Like you said, like even though we, you know, you guys bark, you know, PBC and the top rank, you know, you guys bark here and there, but (laughs) when it all came down to it. You guys came, you know, came through and delivered a... Yes, a, some some, some you, something it, like it, that. To it, be it honest with you, Marcus, I don't, station, it
0: was- I don't really know who parks between both sides because I, I think it's more a fan standpoint, which is okay, because I don't really, you know, everyone like, okay. uh, that, that I've seen and, you know, the matchmakers over there and, and on PVC standpoint, everyone got along so well and everyone really has nothing but high praise for for both sides. You know, the thing is, is, when, when people have to understand, um, there's over 100 college football games on every weekend. There's you know, a lot of NFL football. on. The more boxing on television, the more high-level fighters are getting exposure, the better it is for, for the fans, for the sport, uh, for everyone. So I want everyone to do well in, in boxing. I mean, there is no rift. I, I think yep. all of us, um, we're all competitive with, with what we're trying to do but we want everyone to do well because there is
1: plenty of, you know, the fans want it. So. Yep. Yep. It's a win-win. No, I get you, man. And like I said, it's, it's proof there. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you guys came together and like, it was a very successful pay-per-view. So the proof is there. Uh, Ray, before we end this call, man, um, the most important question, man, I'd like to end it, uh, I don't want a list. I don't want top five. I don't want top three. I just want to know. My pound right for now, pound your number pound for one. Pound number one, man. I would have
0: to say it's um Vasily Lomachenko to me with what he's been able to do is, is really is pretty damn impressive. Wow. I like that. And okay. the reason why I say that is because of his reign at the top. Um, I'm not going to say I, my, my number two would be Canelo. Gotcha. Uh, but to me, because of how long he's okay. been champion and his dominance, it's hard for me to go up against Vasily Lomachenko. That's why I mentioned to you that I, I love seeing a, a young, hungry, fresh contender uh, in Teofimo Lopez, a guy that I feel can legitimately push Lomachenko and possibly beat him. And and that's what I love about now seeing this this evolution of Lomachenko. He's getting older, but now he has a guy that can potentially beat him and steamroll, or not steamroll him, but wants to steamroll him. So it's like here is potentially that perfect foil. So we're either gonna see the emergence of a young superstar, or we're gonna see the greatness of a of a true, you know, of a guy who has written out his history. So I mean, that's why, I mean, that the yep. same thing with, you know, I, I think I love those 50-50 fights, man. That's a point flip fight for me, and I think that Teofimo you. Lopez, I'm curious to see how much of an underdog he is, according to the odds makers, because I, I really am curious to see how people handicap this fight. Um, I think it's a 50-50 fight. Yeah.
1: Do you think – I'm sorry to cut you off, Ray. Sorry to cut you off. Now, now that you brought it up, and then we know uh, with the host of Fimo and um and um, uh, Lomachenko. Um, and and, and May you is know what they were talking about. Happened, I think now, right? May, May and the May, June. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously we're not going to get it now, unfortunately. Um, Hopefully we get it towards the end of the year. You know, if we get boxing back. uh, Do you think this layoff who – who do you think this layoff affects more? Do you think it affects the young guy, Lopez, who needs like, I guess, the the, the – just you know, get the rounds in, or uh, you know, Lomachenko um, because he's not as active. I you know, think, you the think, think the break is, like, affects, breaks, affects more
0: Lomachenko more. because Lomachenko is used to fighting consistently. I mean, he look, 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 every six months, but but that goes yeah, back every six to months, every five months. His yeah. extensive amateur days as an amateur, especially being in, from Ukraine, yep. you are fighting consistently, so their bodies, their minds everything about them is, is trained to fight all the time and constantly be in the gym and stuff like that. I'm sure Lomachenko is staying in shape and everything else, but it's different when you're sparring. It's different when you're dieting. It's so vastly different. Whereas, you know, Teofimo Lopez, I saw him at Wilder Fury too, and he was already in shape. He's ready to go. But, but a guy like that can, a young guy right. in his twenties can rev up his motor quickly it doesn't take them long to get started. Whereas now, I mean, I think you're, I don't know if you're feeling it, but even me as I'm approaching my mid thirties working out, isn't as easy. And my bounce back days aren't as easy as I was when I was oh, of course. 22, 23. And I had all this energy and I'm not that I'm, I'm not, no, not at all. Just, so I look not at it as yep. Lomachenko is going to you- take them a little while to rev up that engine. Lopez can go from zero to 60. Young guys can go from zero to 60 rather quickly. So I think if they fight before the end of the year, I think the, the rust is going to affect Lomachenko more because with him, he's very big on distance, on timing on everything else. Whereas Lopez is going to be like coming at him trying to push this pace. So how is Lomachenko going to be able to handle this feverish pace with the layoff that we have now encountered because of the coronavirus. Are uh, the same thing with Wilder Fury number three? Their rematch was scheduled for July in Las Vegas. Now it's gonna happen in October. Does that allow Wilder to be able to heal up more? Does it yep. allow him to be with I don't know who he's gonna bring in camp, but he said he's mm-hmm. got two new people that are gonna join him in camp? What does that do? What does that do for Tyson Fury? Does that allow Fury yep, to that. Yep. relax and, and be able to? Jal Moore with Chavon Sugarhill, the nephew of Emmanuel Stewart. Um, you know, w- what is all those things doing? And again, that's why these fights coming up when we get out of this thing are going to be so entertaining and compelling because, Marcos, anything can happen.
1: So. Yep. Appreciate you, Ray. Um, I guess uh, just one last thing, man. Um, if you could... Uh, you know what I'm saying? If you know they call you tomorrow, you know they're saying the corona's done. What uh, what fight um would you just have to see? T- you know Saturday, like which fight would you want to call? Like obviously it's a bunch of fights, but which fight? You know, yeah, because, uh, I, you know I guess you mentioned the the uh, Lopez and Lomachenko fight and Spencer Crawford, but which fight? I guess uh, would you just be like, no, I gotta announce. Well, I'm for to watch me, this now. if I, I mean, could, it would like, be Spence Crawford,
0: because I think that could be the okay. I I. I I think it could be Oscar Trinidad. I think it could Oscar be, of a Trinidad. you know, Leonard Hagler. I I, I mean, I, I truly do believe that that fight yep. can be one of the all-time great welterweight fights. And what's interesting is when we mention these names, you know, all these guys have suffered a defeats and stuff like that. Um, even thinking more from a grand scheme of things, Floyd Mayweather never really had that true foil that he had to, you know, Canelo was, you know, had the opportunity, but, you know, Mayweather is able to dominate him. With Spence and Crawford, that is such a 50-50 fight that I think both guys, when they fight, they're both going to put each other in precarious and bad positions. So we are going to see that next level of how do you handle the pressure and when things aren't going well from either guy because neither man has really been tested fully to where we see how they can handle adversity. With Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, well, we saw that hey Wilder didn't handle the adversity well, but how does he respond in this third fight? For Spence Crawford, that's a 50-50 fight, and they're both going to hurt each other. They're both going to be in bad spots in the fight, and it's going to be like that next level of greatness. Who's going to emerge on top? So if I had the chance coming out of the coronavirus, if I could... Spence Crawford would be on my number
1: one. Got you, Ray. Uh, my brother, man. Thank you again, man. I really appreciate all this insight. Um, I'm excited to see you back in the uh, the ring, the, in the you know the square circle, man. And uh, hopefully, man, we get that Spence and Crawford soon in than well, Thank than, uh, you very now. much, Marcus. Keep, keep, call, keep doing a great I'm job, man. Hey, look, during the future, quarantine bro. season, I I love what you're able
0: to produce when it comes to your podcast. Everything else, it's great to see you at events and hopefully we can put this behind us. Everyone is, you know, can recover who's dealing with it. We can be safe and by ringside and and enjoying great fights and entertainment. Appreciate it, Marcus. Take care, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. Thank you again, man.